Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome back to another edition of Profit First Nation. Here we go with one of our special signature value building episodes. Um, and, And when we talk about value building, what we're really talking about is diving into one of the eight key drivers that drives the valuation of your business. Listen, I, you might be just starting your business now. You may have been in business for five years, 10 years, 15 years. Maybe the thought of like not working just, you know, is, is not a thought in your head and such. But it's so important that so many of us are, are putting our blood, sweat, tears into our business. And we're doing this not just for ourselves, but for our family, for our loved ones. You know, for most of us, our businesses support our families and provide the roof over the head, provide the the food, the life that they lead and such. And, you know, when it comes to valuation and, and exiting your business, you may want to exit your business at a certain point. It's time to retire. It's time to, you know, sell one business to start another business. Or sadly, the exit could come as a shock and a surprise and it, not on your terms, but on God's terms. And so it's important that at all times you have that thought of, okay, what if I need to exit my business? And what if the exit of my business means I'm no longer here and my family has to take over the business and and do something with it, including sell the business? So the idea here is maximizing the valuation of your business always. And so that when that time comes, you are ready to get the most value for your business. And when we're talking about valuation of a business, you know, most businesses sell at a multiple of about three, 3.5 times earnings. And ideally, you want to be selling at a seven plus uh, earnings, which is more than doubling the valuation of your business and more than doubling what you get when you sell your business and exit that business. So when we focus on these eight key drivers, you are increasing your value builder score, the score and, and, and the valuation that you can get from your business sale. So all that being said, um, you know, everything that we do should be about driving the value of our business. And of course, the biggest value driver in your business is the multiple that you sell your business off of, which is profitability, right? So you're here at Profit First Nation, you've implemented Profit First, and it's all about maximizing that profitability because that serves most times as the multiple that you use for the business valuation. But there's other things in your business that can add to increasing the value of your business. And so today in one of the eight value builder drivers, we're going to talk about monopoly control. So monopoly control is really about how you control the price of your product. It's like you're creating yourself to be and your business almost like a category of one where you have no competition. 
All right. And no matter what business you're in, you can create monopoly control in terms of what you do. I promise you. And so we're going to walk through today how you can achieve that. No matter if you're an HVHC supply business, if you, um, you know, re- restore and sell violins, what, whatever it is, the idea is, is that you are controlling your price. So when we talk about controlling your price, we're talking that you're moving yourself out from being considered commoditized. Uh, and you are unique and different in the marketplace. So unique that you have created yourself to become what many would consider a category of one. And when you're differentiated so much that you're a comp, you're, you're in a category of one, you eliminate the noise and the competition who are, you know, all battling out at about the same pricing range. So you are dictating your price. You are dictating who you are and how you show up in the marketplace and who you sell to. The beauty of this is when you have monopoly control, you are selling at a high margin. And when you have more margin, what does that mean? Well, that means that you're more profitable, but it also means that you have more to spend on sales, marketing, and advertising. And when you can spend more on your advertising and marketing and getting that 6x to 10x return minimum on that advertising and marketing spend, what do you get? You get more sales at higher margin in that category of one, which really is maximizing your valuation. So I know easier said than done, right? Uh, so we're going to walk you through 10 different ideas about how you can really differentiate yourself enough in the marketplace, make your marketing meaningful and your products and services so different that you do really stand out as that category of one. The first rule, however, in going down this path is that uh, you aren't going to be pleasing everyone. All right. You are going to get real specific about who you serve, how you serve and why you serve those people. And those are going to be exclusively the people that you serve. And it's going to be a very small subset of the potential people that you are probably serving right now. So, uh, you know, I think the easiest example is if you are an HVAC repair company, you know, and, and, and you're based in a metropolitan area like Nashville, Tennessee, are you going to be serving all of Nashville? No, you are going to say that we service households with, you know, more than 3000 square feet and are in the neighborhoods of Williamson County. Um, and so you get really, really specific about who you serve. And then you can get into in your marketing why you serve them and such. But 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 now we've created a category of, of 
closer to being of one. Um, people who exclusively serve the really ginormous mansions. And I, I use 3,000 square feet. I mean, you know, uh, probably in this market that I'm talking about um, in Williamson County, outside of Nashville, you could easily say that your, your minimum is 6,000 square feet and still have more business than you can handle. Um, and, and, and when you're, when you're serving that category, you're, you're serving people typically who, um, you know, are willing to pay more, who are wanting that service right away versus that person calling you and someone who has a more modest, you know, 1200 square foot house, um, who, you know, is sort of like struggling to get by operating a little bit more paycheck to paycheck in their household and such. Um, so, so it's really shifting on being specific about who and how you want to serve them. So I'll also say that when it comes to this, it, it kind of doesn't matter what your logo is. It seems like people spend so much time on like thinking that the logo makes or breaks them. The logo probably doesn't make or break you. And, and, and also what doesn't make or break you is something being so perfect. What's important is that you're doing something. And when you're doing something, you're doing a lot of that something. So, it's, it's, it's really a volume game, people. It's really about just doing things over and 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 I'm not done yet. Over and over and over and over again so that you are, you know, standing out from the competition and not, you know, saying, oh, three's enough, four's enough. Oh, I don't want to overwhelm them and such. Like you got to be that person that people remember and the person that people are going to be re remember are going to be the people that they heard from the most. All right. So here we go into the 10 different concepts or ideas that you can dive into in order to help you create that monopoly control to be that, 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 that so unique business that you're controlling your pricing. All right. And you're not commoditized and you're really not, you know, dealing with your competition, let them fend it out. You've got your own niche that you're serving. So the first thing to look at are your unique features or technology that you've got going on in your operations. So, you know, is there innovation in terms of the way that you do things that can set you apart from your competitors? You know, what's funny is, is, is in our business, in our construction material supply business, I mean, um, fax machines were still working in, in the construction industry, um, as a primary means of, 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 of sharing numbers, uh, when it came to bid day up until I swear, like five or six years ago, like it, this was the last industry to retire the fax machine. Um, and so Construction has just never been very tech savvy. Um, it's just been very, you know, old school, very manual. Uh, and, you know, one thing that we did in our business is, uh, we have implemented more, more technology and like not very sophisticated technology. So here's a funny thing in the, when you sell concrete, 
most concrete orders from most concrete manufacturers and suppliers, um, the order is exclusively and only taken by a phone call. So like you're literally making a phone call um, and you're talking to someone and you're saying what you want, this, that, the other, where you want it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and then you hang up and you just hope and pray that they got it right. You don't get a confirmation. You, um, you have really kind of no record unless you used your cell phone to call them and you have the cell phone record, um, of, of the call and the duration, but, but, but that's it. Like how old school is this? And this is how, this is how right now, like in 2024, people are ordering concrete in the construction industry. And we're talking, you know, not like mom and pop con concrete, but like the concrete that builds ginormous parking structures and ginormous buildings. Um, so what we did is we implemented an online ordering portal that leverages um, basically, you know, very simple um, coding and has, you know, a spreadsheet as the back end. I mean, I think we're using access possibly if that's, uh, but I'm not the tech person. Um, and it has revolutionized, uh, you know, and, and made our clients want to order from us because they can do it whenever they want. They can decide to do it on Sunday night at five o'clock, or they can do it um, Wednesday night at eight o'clock at night. They're not beholden to someone sitting at our competitors who have to man the phones and are only manning the phones during, you know, limited business hours. Um, but it can be so simple. It doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be hard. So what unique features and technology can you introduce into how and why people are using what you're using? You know, and I'm going to be honest too. Like if someone's texting me, that's who gets the business with me. That's my personal preference. If you're going to call me, if you're going to email me, uh, uh, uh. So, you know, find out really, you know, how you're, how you're, ideal customer wants to communicate and, and, and then how can you deliver features and technology that, that serve how they want to be marketed to sold to serviced by the second one is uh, customization and personalization. So how can you offer customizable options to meet individual needs? Um, now, there, there is value in, uh, you know, not being all things to all people, but what kind of little things can you do that, that adds a level of customization to this? I'm going to go back to our, to our portal. So, you know, we, we, we customize the portal to each client. It takes us maybe 30 minutes to customize the portal that will translate into, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of business for us to spend 30 minutes customizing something. So, uh, you know, little things can go a long way in terms of that feeling of customization and personalization to your ideal, uh, client, um, and then, you know, like what, what, what can you do also in, in, in the experience? Um, 
and, and how do you go about that and such? Um, again, in that personalization, in making them feel like a real person, um, that you care about them, that the time and place, you know, I, I love places that, that, that wish me a happy birthday. You know, who doesn't love to get birthday wishes from their dry cleaners on their birthday? Um, but, you know, really paying attention to, to the customer and finding opportunities to, 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 to provide that personalized and customized experience. Okay. Number three on the list is providing exceptional customer service. So, you know, how can you make it positive and a memorable experience when your customers interact with you or individuals in your organization? Um, and then, you know, can you leverage things that, you know, give people that on demand when they want to do it? So for us, Again, going back to the, the, the concrete portal, I didn't realize I'd be using this for all these examples, but you know, our, our concrete ordering portal is amazing because they can do it whenever they want. They don't need to talk to anyone. We've already customized the portal. So it has what they need in it. Um, and, and, and they're not going to need something different because we have to follow the specs of the plan on the job and blah, blah, blah. Um, so, but, but it's, but, but it's on demand. So what can you do in a way that is, is getting people the service that they want exceptionally, um, how and where and when they want it? Number four. Now this one's a fun one. So this is, when you, when you think about price and value and how can you uncommoditize your offering? How can you package what you're offering so that it, it, it can't be price shopped? It really doesn't compare with your competitors in terms of what they offer. Um, a lot of times this can also be done, uh, in terms of done for you services. So how much more can you do some heavy lifting? How much more of a burden can you take off of your, your clients and your customers by offering done for you services? So coming back to the construction portal again, uh, or the concrete portal, you know, what we do is, is by, by having them enter their own orders, we're able to have, you know, start creating reporting for them that they were having to manually track with their own, with, with, with their other concrete vendors. So they would call in an order, place the order, and then they're having to like create their own spreadsheet and track things themselves. Well, by them entering their order into our portal, it's actually capturing it in the portal and they can, um, you know, pull that report at any time to see where they are in terms of the number of, 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 of trucks that have been delivered, the, the, the cubic yards that have been poured, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we've, 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 We've created more done for you services for them because they're not having to do that burden anymore of the tracking and the reporting and all of that. Um, can you create bundles and packages that offer a better deal than purchasing individually? Um, you know, can, can, can you put something together that says, you know, Hey, we're going to, you know, service your, 10,000 square foot house in, 
uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, but then we're going to come back at, at each quarter and we're going to change the filters for you. That's going to really help you, um, make sure that, that, that your service, that your unit is always running properly. It's going to make the, the quality of the air better in your home, et cetera, et such. So we're going to automatically do that for you and such where you don't have to think about it. You know, most people are having to go out and, and, and buy and find, find the right size filters. Um, and, uh, and then, and then go buy them, come back, undo them, put them in, et cetera. So that could be a way that you could incorporate and more bundle in the done for you services when you give someone like a whole year of service. Um, number five is branding and storytelling. Everyone loves a story. Everyone remembers a story. So, you know, can you develop strong brand identity by, by telling stories that resonate with your target audience? I'm sure you've got the stories in, in, in your business. It's now just about documenting them and sharing them. You know, the family that you helped out, uh, when, uh, they were, exp you know, about to host a wedding for their daughter and, um, at their home and their air conditioning went out, um, you know, those kind of things and how you help them. Like people remember that and people, uh, you know, well, that will really, really differentiate you because who's telling stories like that when it comes to like an HVAC business, um, and, you know, this is a way to also incorporate your, not only your brand, but your mission and values so that you can connect deeper with customers. I mean, we like to, we like to do business with people that we know, like, and trust. And when we can see that our values are aligned with, with a business, we want to give them business. We want to do business with them and such. So branding and storytelling gives you a great opportunity to bring that to the forefront and be more memorable with your prospective clients. All right. Number six is the user experience and design. So, you know, how can you invest in something that's intuitive and aesthetically pleasing, um, you know, the user interface and the, and the experience. So, you know, what's cool for us is to be honest, when we customize that portal, you know, that is enhancing the customer experience. They feel like they are in their world. Um, we have, you know, their, their logo, um, on, on the portal that they're logging into. We have the renderings of the project that they're ordering the concrete for. So, you know, they're, 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 they're seeing what they're, what, what, what we're building, what we're building together and the vision of that. Um, and, you know, is the design and functionality of it, um, does it overall enhance the, the customer experience? So the, the, the user experience, how easy is it for someone to connect with you? How easy is it for someone to order from you? How easy is it for someone to, you know, just ask questions of you and such? So that is another really important factor to, to tie in here. All right, we're cruising along here. Number seven on the list is, you know, connecting and creating exclusive partnerships and collaborations. 
So, um, you know, that could be with other businesses, other influencers, you know, is, is there a way to, to, to partner and, and form something that again makes you guys more unique in the marketplace where you're even more so in a category of one? Um, you know, can you offer limited edition products or services, uh, and, and, and use these partnerships to create a sense of exclusivity? Um, this is a really cool way to, to look at things and such. Um, and so that is uh, partnerships. I can't tell you is, 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 is such an interesting and really, I think a good wave of the future. And the thing about partnerships is it's got to work both ways. It's got to be a win-win for both of you. So, you know, it's it, it's important that that you're aligned in your core values with each other, and um, and you know I would also recommend the partnership to be something that is maybe an a limited time offer thing. Um, so you're not married to them forever. You're not building your business off of this, but this could give you a nice little bump um, to, to, to kind of create these, these limited edition opportunities. And, you know, it's a win-win you're there, you're sharing your list with them. They're sharing your, their list with you and such. So, um, enables both of you to grow your clientele. Um, with, with each other's customers and such. But again, you know, think about it on a, on a limited, um, edition basis. Uh, and, and it doesn't have to be a kind of thing forever. Uh, you could target specific neighborhoods. You could, you know, dip your toe slowly into that. All right. Number eight is education and knowledge sharing. So, you know, positioning yourself as the industry authority by providing some educational content. Um, you know, it depends upon what your business is, but it could be webinars, tutorials, resources that really help your customers make informed decisions. And sometimes, you know, it could be stuff that is so basic, but, um, that is, is, is it, is an educational opportunity. And, you know, here's, I, it's kind of a random example, but I mean, oh my gosh, it seems like, I swear, every seven out of 10 public restrooms I use, there's a sign that says, please only put toilet paper in the toilet. Don't put anything else in the toilet. Don't put diapers. Don't put, um, uh, you know, anything else. And, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this message is everywhere. Do we, do we really have to keep reminding people of it? Well, obviously we do. Obviously these businesses, these public, uh, restrooms have experienced enough one too many times of people putting the wrong thing in the toilet, not toilet paper, and then having to deal with that. Um, so, you know, there, there's things that maybe you need to be educating on a consistent basis with, with your customers. You know, I, I have to say that I didn't realize, um, that eggshells shouldn't go down a garbage disposal. They shouldn't go in your sink. Well, in my household, when I was growing up, my mom always threw the eggshells down the garbage disposal. Uh, you know, so I don't know, 40 years later, it, did, did they have to replace all the piping in that, in that house and such? 
probably because there was, you know, quite a few years of, of, of eggshells going that, down that disposal. But, you know, what can you educate your clients on? What kind of knowledge sharing can you give them and such? I'll tell you this in our, in our concrete portal example, uh, you know, with those clients, we're sharing with them opportunities and projects coming down the pike. Um, because if they liked working with us and there's future, there's projects coming down the pike, uh, that, that we can look at for them and give them a heads up on, then they're going to be more likely to win that project and want to use us as well. So it can be big, it can be little, but it needs to be something. And I think you'd be surprised that a little bit goes a long way and things that you think everyone else knows, they don't know because there's so much information out there. All right. So it's about sharing education and knowledge. Number nine on the list is innovative marketing and selling strategies. So, you know, this is where it's, it's great to get creative with your marketing to capture attention. Uh, you know, if you're using social media, you, it, it's, it's, it's a numbers game. All right. And I've heard and I'm believing this. And this is my 2024 challenge to my own entities is that you know, your social media needs to have 300 pieces of content a month because at 300, your audience is going to see it. They're they're not going to see 300 pieces of your content, but they're going to see a good number of pieces of content. If you're only putting 10 pieces of content out there, one piece of content a month, that's four pieces of content a week. Like no one's seeing it. No one's seeing it don't bother. It's not worth it. It's about, you know, being creative, being fun, being memorable, um, and being innovative with your marketing and selling strategies. And now for number 10, trial periods and guarantees. You know, this is a great way, especially when you're asking for someone to pay a premium price higher than the commoditized price and such that, uh, that you really stand behind the quality that, uh, that you're providing. And so guarantees are a great way or a trial period is a great way for someone to, you know, test the waters or, or use it and feel confident that they're going to get the solution to the problem that they have, because that's really what it comes down to. Someone has a problem and you have the best solution for them. And that is going to solve their problem. So that is it. If you would, um, I know, you know, these episodes are jam packed, um, with a lot of great useful resources. And if you're listening in your car, then please go to profitfirstnation.com and click on episode number 152. And you will get uh, the list to this. So go to profitfirstnation.com forward slash 152. And you can get the resource for today's episode where we walk you through those 10 ideas and strategies for maximizing your monopoly control, which is maximizing the price and margin in your business. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friend. Thanks for tuning in to the Profit First Nation podcast. We hope you found today's episode valuable. 
and that it's inspired you to take action towards achieving permanent profitability in your business. If you want to learn more about how to implement Profit First in your business and connect with a community of like-minded entrepreneurs, be sure to visit us at ProfitFirstNation.com to download our how-to guides and resources. Remember, permanent profitability is within your reach, and we're here to support you every step of the way. So let's do Profit First right together. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts and videos are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.